Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode seven. Yes, that's correct. Yes, week eight, episode seven. Currently, it's week minus one for episode. Correct. Got it. Okay. Episode seven, week eight. We have Texas somehow has survived Stillwater on Halloween. Luckily, it wasn't a night or else we'd probably be in a much worse mood, uh, mood than we are right now. But somehow the horns came out unscathed, um, quote unquote. But we'll get into that in a second. First off, thank you to everyone. Keep on uh, tagging us on Instagram, sending those uh, to us wherever you're watching, whether that's at home, at the game, wherever. Um, those are awesome. And we always enjoy those. So please keep on sending those in. Uh, shirts, shirts are still available. Uh, we have a few going out this week. I think Jack Scharnberg should be getting his today or tomorrow, don't, or Thursday or Friday. This week, um, we still have a bunch of extra larges for you uh, big guys like me, and we still have a couple larges left. So just text me, Venmo me, whatever, and I'll get those to you. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, bring, me, bring me one this weekend. I'm going to bring you more than one this weekend. Well, I'm flying. on your carry-on? Or- yeah, shit. Okay, we'll figure that out. That's another issue. Uh, Oklahoma State. We won. We somehow won. We were both wrong with our predictions. Uh, wow. That was that was not great. Actually, technically, I said we either going to win by a little or get blown out. So I was half right. I don't know if that counts, but okay. Uh, one thing I we didn't talk about it at all last week, and I, I wish this is a very much a beers and steer stat or a topic to that we <clears throat> usually hit on is that was the first game that Texas has played outside of the state of Texas. And I really didn't think that the away game factored in too much. You know, yeah. there wasn't there wasn't much of a difference that I saw on either sides of the ball. If anything, they almost played better. Um, special teams, they did for sure. <laughs> Defensively, we'll get into the D line and uh, what Osiah and those guys did. I thought that was better than what we've seen on average against on paper and probably the best team we've played yet. I don't know. Do you think I? I was going back and forth and talking with some people like after that game, do you really think Oklahoma state's better than OU? No, God, I don't either. I, but if you bring up a good point though, our only games are not on Texas soil this year, minus a bowl game, uh, are Stillwater, Manhattan and Lawrence. That's crazy. Yeah. That is weird. Dang. Yeah, that's true. Like West I guess and Iowa state are at home. Yeah. And LSU was obviously canceled. That obviously swung a bunch of weight um in terms of the away games but Golly, yeah. that's crazy yeah so take advantage of it let's hope um they haven't yet but maybe we can go on a little bit of a run i know people are already saying like what if he goes what if he wins the next however many games you know how many games do you have left uh four, four. five four. four um i i don't see it happening we'll get into that more but i don't know um going back to the oklahoma state game where do you think this ranks as like top games, let's just say of the past decade. I, I would rank it as one of the like, <clears throat> I guess, statistically weirdest game I've ever seen. If you look at the stats yeah. and the outcome, they just do not match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, top games of the last, I guess, let's just say from like 2010 from, on. Yeah, from the national championship on. Uh, I'd probably put like around eight or nine or 10. I mean, it's not like, Uh, see, I think it was a little higher than that. And I, 
it's well yeah, there's it's, probably four or five OU games in there. So yeah, that's true. But the I'm talking about like best games. Like the OU game our uh was that our sophomore year when we just somehow like kicked the shit out of them. Like that doesn't really count because it wasn't like a truly a close no, game. No, I Some, agree. No, you're just talking about like a good competition, not right. how- just but on the other hand, like, do you count like the Notre Dame game? Like, even though we sucked that season yeah. and Charlie gets yes. fired, like that game was yes. itself singular. Was conceptually, we're talking about an actual like competitive game. Right. Doesn't matter who was good, who was bad, what the outcome was. I think I think it's pretty high. Like, I'd, I'd probably put that Notre game Notre Dame game a little higher, and the forty eight thirty five Dicker OU game above that as well. But West Virginia up in West Virginia with Case McCoy. Yeah. Okay. Picked it off. Uh, Iowa State uh, was a damn good game at home where, like, they came back and tied us, and then we chunked it down the field and won on a field goal. Um, Cal, even though we I was about to say, Cal Cal was probably the most exciting, honestly. Nick Rose forgetting how to kick a PAT. And, Uh, like – Okay, I'll give you that. It's a top eight game. Like, the Georgia game doesn't really count because, again, that game really was out of hand the whole time. I agree. I agree. I mean, we – Same with Utah. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, I hate to say it, but Kansas last year when we like, had to come back and win. Yeah. If you want to talk about influential, the Kansas, Charlie's Kansas game but, was. Okay. To your point of the value of this game, though, I mean, like, there was a lot of negativity going into the week. Yeah. Obviously, the value that it gets for Tom Herman personally, I don't think it really buys him much. But in my opinion, no. it, it takes a lot of, a lot of weight off of his shoulders that were going to just get heavier and heavier as we continue to lose, um, but winning this game did not fix recruiting, but it is what it is. Um, That's a whole nother issue. But, you know, I I definitely agree with you. It was, of course, I'm sitting there like as if we were like an undefeated team, you know, going nuts watching the game. And then I realized like, wait, that really didn't even matter. But it always Eh. was nice to not blow a game like that. I thought when they kicked the field goal to tie, yeah. I hope we're going to lose in overtime for sure. Yeah, I did too. I mean, obviously everyone had their doubts. Um, but, but going – okay, going back to more kind of uh, retrospective, like in the past 10 years, can you think of a game who some were a defensive player, not an offensive player, because there's always been some great offensive right. performances that we've seen. But when was the last time we saw a defensive player sit, like by himself play that good of a game than Osai? Joseph Osai versus Utah. But like, okay, again. No, exactly. I, you're, I know exactly what point you're making. It's like that was individually one of the best performances we have seen out of a defensive player. I mean, in a long time. I, the only one that I can actually think of, which is timely, was Cedric Reed against West Virginia um, in 2014, I think. He had like an unbelievable – like stat line, very, very similar to uh, what Osai had. And yeah. he had that fumble, um, or he forced that fumble, remember? He had he had 13 tackles, four tackles for losses, and three sacks. So yeah. eerily, eerily similar to what um, Osai did with – Do you remember – who was it against Oregon State? It was a defensive lineman who just had an unbelievable game. Oh, was that Malcolm Brown? No. No. Oh God! Well, it wasn't like I want to say like Okafor, but obviously it was not Okafor. What year was that? Uh, two thousand twelve. Was it two thousand twelve? Yeah, it was. God, that might on. have been. Keep talking. Obviously, no. I've got right? it. I've got it. I've got it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Web. Who is it? Oh, what the hell? My internet's not. Oh no! No, I can still hear you. 
kind of right now. I can. What the heck's happening? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you here? Okay, yeah, I'm here. All right, well, my Safari is not loading. Oh, they don't have tackles. My uh, Firefox is not loading. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you didn't get the joke. I don't get it. <sighs> Texas. Well, this is great radio right here. No, no, this is this is serious. This is like a great. It was like a really, really good performance where he like it propelled him in the draft. I want to say, oh, here we go. It was Okafor. He had four and a half sacks. Yeah, I knew I, I knew I was good. But again, like I, I don't know. There was really nothing. No linebacker, or true DB performance. It's mostly been offensive line. Oh, definitely not DB. But no, I agree line. with you. Like that, that, that was almost like I don't know when it finally, uh, like hit me that how good of a game because obviously he was had some great hits in the backfield. Picked up a few fumbles, forced a few fumbles, but I. I guess I didn't realize how statistically good of a game it was until like afterwards. I didn't realize how many tackle for losses he had until after the game. Yeah. That that was the part I knew that he had the three sacks because those are obviously, and the last one was obviously the biggest, but the six tackle for losses is really what kind of struck me as like, holy cow. Like that was absolutely incredible. Um, what he did. And playing on top of playing on a bum shoulder the whole time i mean that's just it just adds to the lore of it you know there's always you always see those uh guys like that who just are hurt or whatever whatever the issue is and then goes out and plays unbelievable so it was just it was just fun to watch i don't know and going back to like the game in general it like the four turnovers were obviously huge but taking advantage of it and scoring 20, 20 points out of, you know, the possible 28 of it was the biggest difference. And that was like, that was the difference in the game, obviously, because if you going back to the TCU and OU games, like, I mean, how many points we maybe got 20 points combined out of what are those six turnovers right there? Yeah. yeah. That was, that was the difference. And then Deshaun kickoff return that absolutely silenced literally what, with his celebration, um, there the uh oklahoma state fan base as well as the team i mean that you could see we hadn't seen i mean going back looking back another 10 years when was the last time we had a kickoff return i can't remember hmm. web obviously this is where we need web I mean, we might have to call him honestly we have plenty plenty <laughs> of you, you keep talking we had plenty of punt returns i know that uh but Golly, but I love whenever someone like kind of fumbles the ball and mm-hmm. they kind of catch it on a kickoff. It always leads to like a. Can like, he hear me? I don't know. Do you have headphones in? No. This is gonna be so disappointing if he doesn't answer. Since he's probably the only person that listens to this podcast now. That's not true. Or leave a message. Leave a message. <sighs> no. Damn it. No, that only okay. encouraged him to do it to me. So no. Um, regardless, the and keep on going on the positive. Let's just keep on the positive train going. Hold Jake holding Smith. them, Jake Smith, and I was gonna say holding them to I think it was three of fifteen on um yeah. on third down. Three of twelve. 
close enough. Three of 12, excuse me, sorry. Three of 12 on third down and obviously over one on fourth down with them going for it at the end. That's yeah. another huge, like going back to the defense of what I, I've been stressing all year and I'm eventually going to get you to turn on it is that the ceiling of this defense isn't that high, but the floor is pretty dang high for what we have and what we're working with. And yeah, I'm not convinced yet. So. I know you're not. And I, and I don't, and I'm, you're, I'm definitely in the minority of saying that um, for good reason, because like, if you look at what our corners did in the past two weeks, teams have taken fully advantage of our corners, really not playing that well. I mean, Charlie Brewer can barely throw. He's definitely hurt. And he was taking advantage of our corners on just easy stop routes. Sanders and Tylen Wallace made it look way too easy. Granted, yeah, Tylen Wallace is a beast, man. That guy, that guy is a freak. He is a legit yeah. NFL receiver. But, I mean, 200 yards for on how many catches? 11, 11 <laughs> averaging yeah, 17 with two tutties. That's that's pretty awful from a defensive standpoint. Oklahoma State just, like, reloads on, like, beast receivers. They really do. It is also impressive. Like the DFW area, too. Yeah, I know. Where did he go to high school again? I don't know. My internet's not loading new pages. It's only letting me stay with oh, many from, from Fort Worth. Should have known that. That's not good. Um, what high school? Did he go to Southwest? Doesn't matter. He went to South Hills. Anyways. Uh, okay. Let's get into the bad. What was oh, wait, We didn't really hit what? on it very much, but Jake what? Smith, well, like, welcome to the party. Yeah, that was huge. Jake Smith coming back and hopefully not being hurt or – you know, being fully healthy for the rest of the season will just makes this offense go. Even with Sam having a terrible day, he he turned it on. Um, we'll get into the receivers, but Josh Moore only having one target makes no sense to me with Cade Brewer having four, but whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think any other positives, really. I mean, I think you hit on the – I mean, you hit the key points, which was like actually taking advantage of what – opportunities we were given to us. I mean, we, we struggled a few times when we got, I guess, the Taquan Graham picked up the fumble at the end of the second quarter. We like, had to settle for three, and then they like, tried to put all the little yellow lines on the board, and Digger was like, that doesn't bugger me. And then, uh, let's see, when we also forced another fumble and Chris Brown tripped Joseph Osai, that was classic. Yeah, that, was, uh, that was very classic. But overall – that was I was yelling. That's the loudest I've yelled. I was like, "Coach, get in there!" And yeah, like, but uh, yeah, they after that, Sam. You know, I would say for the most part, this was a huge moment for him. I think it like tied or maybe taking the lead for most uh, comeback victories in the fourth quarter or overtime. Or maybe Seriously? Tied. Yeah, I think he's tied with Apple White now. Huh. Uh, that's so that that's impressive because I, I mean that's what Apple White's you know known for. Yeah, is coming in and what was that the Colorado game and stuff like that. But 2002, like Holiday Bowl versus Washington. Or yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, no, but yeah, it, it, it that was the key point. It's finally taking advantage of the opportunities and the mistakes by another team, which we were not doing versus TCU and OU. So, you know, that was a huge, huge deal. Um, Robinson running the ball a little bit more consistently. Yeah was another thing that kind of stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Sam still struggles with a deep ball, except for the one to Brennan Eagles. But, but I mean, you know, we still, we stopped taking so many, I don't know if it was what the, you know, Sam was taking what the defense gave him or they weren't, the, the deep ball wasn't there as much, but I feel like there was less prayer throws during the game. There were less prayer throws. I mean, Eagles was wide open, but that yeah. was a absolute 
perfect throw. Yes. But I think I, and I've been talking about all year. I, I think Sam's banged up and I still do think that I, I think he's gotten a little better, but I think he's just constantly banged up and just kind of a side note. It's kind of one of those things like looking back, it's like, I just really want him to have one more game of where he's just lights out, slinging it around, you know, over 70% completion just before he graduates, because we're going to miss that hopefully um, with, you know, him graduating and all that. But regardless, I am starting to get on a little bit of the train that maybe this receiving core is pretty bad and that it's below average. And Jake Smith is really the only thing that provides significant value um, to the offense going. And it's maybe it's a little bit of everything and that the offensive line can't pass protection. Sam's a little banged up and these receivers maybe aren't as good. Obviously, you know, there's not a Duvernay, there's not a little Jordan, but in Jake Smith's, but Jake Smith's not that, you know, he's not filling that void completely. So I, I think it's, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm taking a little bit off of Sam, putting a little, half of that on the O-line and half of that on the receivers, maybe not being that good. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, like you mentioned, Jake Smith coming back was huge. We need to continue to build off of that. He needs at least five receptions a game, you know, seven to eight targets a game. Right. Yeah. Um, type deal. So um, he opens up a lot of lanes for the other guys. So I think kind of migrating into the negatives, but sticking on the same theme there, uh, two for 15 on third down with only 287 Yuck. total yards. Yuck. Uh, Yuck. What? Like, how do you, I would love to know how many games have been won by a team that only had two third down. I saw, so Bill Connolly, he does the like advanced stats for, uh, ESPN and he does this thing called like post game win percentage where you basically plug in everything that happened and it spits out the win percentage of a team. Yeah. And it obviously it is obviously based just purely off numbers and um you know complete not like where you start on drives and all that. It's literally just based off of statistics. And it Texas winning became the lowest post game win percentage for a team that actually won ever um like since he started doing it it was something like five percent or something purely just based off of the numbers so yeah that's a i don't know if that's a good thing (laughs) probably not um i think going back to the and that probably contributed to that low percentage as well was the 13 penalties for 142 yards we are now 100 in the country um and penalties penalty yards per game at I think it's around 85 averaging around 85 penalty yards a game what was that in the country sorry a hundredth Yeesh. yeah so not the best um I don't know it just is that pure coaching people like to say yes but with the big 12 refs or you know who knows except for our boy who Ref last week against Baylor, we yeah. needed him back. Uh, yeah, he be back this weekend. I feel like he'd be like eleven AM kind of guy. Yeah, he might be. He, well, he's kind of. A, I think he's kind of the new guy, you know. So they haven't really infiltrated his mind and allowed him to be a terrible, terrible referee yet. But uh, regardless, I think the penalties is a huge factor, um, or a few huge part of why this team seemed to struggle so bad in certain instances during this game. At least we had a uh, illegal man downfield go our way once. That was yeah, nice. that was nice. Um, 
like the difference in the game, honestly. And another, obviously the coming out of the second half or, you know, we struggled with that except for the Baylor last week. Finally thought we might turn the corner and we did have the kickoff return after they um, went down and scored, but they still started off the offense. If you don't count that kickoff return, just the offense went punt, 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 or sorry, punt, 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 punt um, to start the second half. Not, not great. Yeah, no, we got we to gotta clean that up. And then they followed it up with a 15-play, 70-yard drive that took up eight minutes off the clock. But regardless, for, tech, for Texas to go up as well, I might add. Um, I don't give ugly, ugly. Sam, it just He just waits until the fourth quarter, and it's like, okay, play now. I know. I, I don't know what that is. And I, I don't think it's really play calling, and I, I think it's – his I don't know man I, I don't know it's hard it's so hard to describe like what he does and how much he does to and why does it work and it's it's obviously hero ball but there's more to it I, I don't know really know what it is yeah um took he also took just same individually took a bunch of hits no turnovers no fumbles I mean he's just so banged up I, I, don't, I can't imagine what he felt like. Feels like every single Sunday, he's got to be sick of it. Um, and partnered with that, I want this on the record. I'm going to say it: the O line actually absolutely sucked ass. That was one of the worst pre- pass protection games I've seen them in a long, long time. They did play well against you know on r- running the ball. I think for for them, still nothing incredible, but solid enough to get some sort of a run game going. But that pass protection was so bad. Christian Jones on that two-point conversion, everybody go back and watch him. He lets two guys run right in front of him. Everyone else is manned up. Hats off to Gundy for realizing that. It is so terrible. I mean, he didn't even see them, and they both crossed left and right of him. And almost basically lost, would have lost the game. Um, yeah, that would have been it. I mean, I, I don't. I still don't know why they brought it to the house. Honestly, I guess we did. We then did it. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, um, you but, sure you want to say? That? I mean, I just I didn't seem. I don't know. I just like Sam obviously beat it and then made a great play to, to Jake. But it just did. I don't know. Maybe I would be like, eating my words if it would have would have worked. And like, well, what a great call. Okay, enough with the offense. I feel like we've kind of really ran through all of that. Do you have anything else, though? No, I think that's a great point, though, coming out of the second half. That's a really – I forgot about that, how we've continued to struggle. Just, so we finally cleaned up the uh, taking advantage of opportunities given to us. Now it's the next step of coming out of the second half, ready, ready to roll instead of falling on your face and digging a hole. That's just such an easy indicator of how well how, – how great of a coaching staff you have. Yeah. Is are they able to take a breath, Take 30 minutes. What was working? What wasn't working? Okay, we need to fix this. Let's go back out and do it. And then when it doesn't work, you suck. Um, okay, going over the defense. We talked about Osai. Yeah, I think we've already hit on Osai. I think we've I mean, breezed through that. He's Big 12 Player of the Week, Defense Player of the Week, all those accolades. He earned all of that. I think he got put on the Bignaric. Um watch list because of that game too which is awesome but okay uh, the rest of the d-line i thought played just as well as a unit jacoby jones and take graham had an unbelievable game that was take graham's best game as a longhorn not even close i think yeah. he had like three tackles for losses as well and a sack i believe um force fumble force fumble yes 
uh, yeah, three and a half tackles for losses, tackles for loss, a sack, um, three solo tackles on top of that. Um, as and then Jacoby Jones, who's a true f- sophomore, right? No, he's a transfer. So I don't, I don't know what. Oh, he is a transfer. Why did I think yeah. he was a sophomore? He's a JUCO guy, so I don't even know what year he is. He's probably like forty years old. Oh, uh, he's a senior technically. Um, but I thought he played really, really well. As, um, two, I don't know. Just the entire defensive line watching that was so much fun. They took advantage of a, a depleted Oklahoma State, and once that right guard got hurt, it yeah, really was. Yeah, no, that was when you saw him kind of like being carried off the field or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it was like go time for them. But we also saw flashes from the young guys with Alpha Collins, Tavondre, and Ojimo. I mean, all three of them were heavy contributors as well. Not as much on the stat sheet, but still. Tavondre is a huge dude. He is so big. Yeah. He's massive. Yeah. Let's see what he's listed at. 6'4", 350. God. And he moves great. He's going to be fun. Him and Alfred Collins are going to be really fun to watch for the next two years. Yeah, I don't know if we, like, simplified it or what, or if Oklahoma State really was that bad. But I guess it'll be a good test for West Virginia's offensive line, who's pretty decent. I think it's more of we're finally complementing a strength of, you know, a unit and that we're going with the four down – here. we're committed to the four down linemen and allowing them to, like, even more room to make – cause havoc defensively. And that we haven't really had a unit like that. Maybe the, some DB units in the Charlie days and um, hell, even late Mac days. There were some very nasty DB units that were kind of like this. But we haven't seen it from a true D-line unit in a while. And that's so much fun to watch. Um, yeah. It's fun watching another offensive line struggle is basically what I'm getting at. <laughs> uh, I thought DeMarvion actually played really, really well. And he should have had a pick, but he didn't. But whatever. Um, I thought I'm tired of watching Jawan Mitchell not know what to do in coverage. There, there's no reason that guy should ever drop back in coverage. It should be an auto blitz for him every time it's a pass play. I'm so sick of watching it. I'm like really confused because I can't reload any pages, but like this Zoom is still working. Maybe it's your browser. I've checked two different browsers and it's all saying trying to reconnect. Jeez, this is really weird. I know. It's like... Zoom, I guess, all it takes is an established Wi-Fi signal at the beginning, and then it stays live. Like I, do. that's <laughs> definitely not how it works. But I, uh, I definitely just told you how it works. You don't know. I'm on the line. I'm on the line. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, Jawan Mitchell and uh, there was one DB who wasn't Chris Brown. I can tell you that. Jalen uh, Green. Yeah, he was getting picked apart at the beginning, and then he like, I mean, obviously they made that great play in the. Uh, corner of the end zone. I think I put him up 31-20. And then, obviously, Deshaun brought it back to 31-27 uh, or 26, excuse me, because he celebrated. Um, still hate Chris Brown. Still think this defense is not the, good. I, it's, it, I just don't like that the flex has become a thing. Yeah, I mean, like – And he was flexing after some good plays, too, but I'm still just like, ah, I'm never going to forgive you for flexing on the 15-yard screen pass against OU. If you force a fumble and we recover it, yes, you can flex. That is yeah. that's that's my baseline. Deshaun's shush was the best. That was that was the most warranted. That's not, a, that's not like a celebration. That's kind of annoying. No, that that was ridiculous. He literally didn't move and put his finger to his mouth and just sat there. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a little. That's an that issue. Is, what the boys play? And the issue that we kind of let ungo under. Uh, 
underrated issue that we've go. let go for the entire season. Not a big deal. Nailed it. Um, Caden Stearns has not shown up in any game, I feel like. And he's constantly on the stat sheet as a high up in the tackles. But I have not seen, you know, a true, like, wow, that was a great play by Caden. Maybe a couple, like, solid wrap-ups on an open field, but nothing true, you know, unbelievable like we saw his freshman year. And I know he's been banged up for the past two years, but, man, that's that's just some one guy that had so much potential and we haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I'm a little worried about him, but – is what it is, I guess. Overall, I mean, defend, the defense played well. The longest play that um, – They gave up 530 yards and 34 points. They did not play well. Okay, they had four turnovers. Okay, okay. Ugh. Including a fourth down stop. Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm just saying. Webb. Yes, sir. Hey, when was the last time Texas had a kickoff? You stuck your th- tongue down someone's throat. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a kickoff return for a touchdown? Sorry. Well, your other friend, Stuart, just completely, <laughs> completely ruined the moment. But when did Texas – when was the last time we had a kickoff return touchdown before Deshaun Jameson on Saturday? Go. Oh. We don't know the answer. We're hoping you do. I don't. I You know, the first one that comes to mind is Jordan Shipley. Of but- course. I feel like maybe Fozzie Whitaker may have pulled one off, like in kind of a Ooh, that's a kind of one of those obscure years, you know. Hmm. I still hmm. hate Missouri's turf because of Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah, is it weird? <laughs> is it weird that when you said Fozzie, I immediately thought about Missouri games and like just oh, that place. Anywho, my browsers aren't loading, so I can't look it up. But that that's a good guess. I'll have to uh, confirm that with our research department. Yeah, see what they say. See what the uh, the IT department says. And get back to me. But I, I I do not know the answer. But that's just a that's just a if I had to pick a random answer out of the hat, I'll go with Fozzie. All right. All right. Okay. Like that is a very safe play. So, all righty. Well, thanks for answering the call. What's the prize if I get it? Uh, I'll give you a high five. Luke warm. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, yeah, get back to me. All right. See you later. All right. See y'all. Thanks for answering the call, Webb. I'm, I can't see any, I'm trying to find something on Fozzie Whitaker and I can't do it. You, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to say. Oh, wait, Jack- he did have one in 2011. No, but, oh, okay. Well, that's more recent than Shipley. So we now have made it to 2011. Um, yeah. Okay. So he had he had a kickoff return against. Oh wow. Okay. Well, good job, Webb. He, I, if this is the last one, he had one against Oklahoma State actually in 2011. Um, Interesting. I'm trying to visualize that. Was that in? That was at, That was home. Hmm. We were down. Oh wow. This is. A, I forgot how good of a game this was. They. We were down. Wow. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, that was Duvernay in the NFL. Oops. <laughs> yeah, different, different league. Um, Jay Johnson. Oh shit! Yeah, definitely. He had one in like 2013. DJ Monroe. Oh, RIP. I thought he was going to be a freak. I don't know. I'm just saying names. I don't actually have confirmation. Of this. Ray Newton. <laughs> okay, just back to the defense. 
we'll wrap it up. I, I actually thought Jalen Green played pretty well. Josh Thompson went out early with an injury. Um, and they Jalen Green came in and I thought played pretty well for the backup. And then he had the great pick. I That was awesome to watch to watch because it was a good, solid play. Um, and we had, I feel like we hadn't seen a true DB pick like that um, this season. Using physicality, getting in there, you know, gritty. Who are we talking about? Sorry, I'm still reading. Jalen Green. Yeah, no, I mean, terrible throw, but uh, <laughs> took advantage you know, of it. Well, he caught the ball. That was a that was a step in the right direction. Yeah, that was um, a step in the right direction. I think we settled for three on that too, but it's okay. Um, let's see. Did we? Yeah, we did. Damn it. Yeah, that's when we started on like their eight. Ugh. Yuck. Yeah, no, that was that was not good, but. Hey, we got points on the board, so thank you to the defense. But, yeah, let's talk about before we jump into the next game, like what does this mean big picture-wise? I mean, like I obviously don't think it means much in terms of like the overall point of view of Tom Herman's coaching ability. I don't think – I think this game was kind of fluky in the fact that, you know, you force four turnovers, you go two for 15 and find a way to win. Uh, But it doesn't fix this whole recruiting issue that we have going on. Obviously, one nope. win is going to do that. But what I think we both said something last week about what does it take for him to save his job, and I think we both said win out, or do we say only lose I, one? I think I even said if he wins out, it's not a for sure thing, and I stand by that. Okay. I think I said he has to win out to keep his job. So that's that, – I, I, Yeah, that I still don't think – I mean, granted, I'm using kind of some supplemental knowledge from a couple – websites and you know the insiders quote unquote but it just really doesn't sound like he he's coming back you know regardless of what happens because Quinn Ewers is gone Billy Bowman just committed to Oklahoma there's rumors they're gonna lose Jatavion Sanders who's probably your best guy left in the class it's it's just falling it's completely falling apart that's not even talking about the Brock Myers and a bunch of other guys that we we've already missed on or that Herman's already missed on. He's gone. I think people need to start really getting ready for that. And it's going to be kind of awkward if we somehow went out um, and possibly even make it to the big 12 championship. Dude, that would be such a weird situation. A coach wins out, but is fired. That is so, that'd be so weird. Yeah. It'd probably be the great, ending to Herman's career too because he if, even if he made the Big 12 championship he obviously has a great record in bowl games and you know if you give him a little bit of time granted his one Big 12 championship he lost but you could blame that on Sam getting sacked or that safety in the end zone but regardless he's gone yeah no it's uh I mean, got to take it one week at a time. West Virginia's not a like a, an easy game. What whatsoever? No, um, it's definitely not. The the history usually shows with West Virginia, if you get them to travel to Texas for 11 a.m. game, they usually lose. But this is a different year. I don't know how it works. Maybe they're coming in Thursday. Maybe they're not. But that's a good there's, question. There's there's actual like legit. Uh, God dang it! What is the word? My head hurts. Evidence. Um, not evidence correlation between uh, correlation a, or causation though. Right. America. Um, I just, I'm pretty sure it's like 
they went to TCU ranked. They go to Lubbock ranked. There's like a bunch of cases of them coming in ranked, which I know they're not ranked this weekend, but uh, point is they're still four and two, but they always struggle coming to Texas soil and playing an 11 a.m. game. Whereas, you know, look at the game was two years ago where Greer put the horns down. I think that was a 230 pick. It was. Um, So overnight games, they usually play pretty well too, but there is statistical evidence that we have a pretty good chance of this one, but are the boys going to show up? Is there going to be a hangover? Is there not? What do you, what's, uh, what's our research show in terms of uh, what the hell West Virginia even even is? Cause I have not watched them this year. So it's kind of a reverse normal West Virginia um, team in that their defense is pretty sound and well coached and their offense really doesn't have that true playmaker on uh, at receiver running back or quarterback that can kind of change the game. And that's who it's centered on. Um, I've been talking about all season that quarterback Jarrett Dogie Dagi, I still can't pronounce his name. His brother, Dogie. Seth was the coach at, or the quarterback at tech a few years ago. <laughs> what? No, no more about it. He, uh, he played really well against Kansas state last week. Um, granted, I think Kansas State's overrated, but regardless, well, they lost uh, their quarterback, so I don't. I'm... I know, but like they didn't. He doesn't play defense, so he threw for over 300 yards um, with uh, 22 completions on 34 attempts, um, and had two touchdowns as well. So I, I they predicate this offense basically just watch. I watched most of that Kansas State game, and it's a lot of times, you know, passes and little stops and slants and stuff like that. They're not doing any complex like play actions, super deep drop back. Wide receivers got to, you know, switch route, whatever you want to call it. It's a little more dink and dunk, and they don't really have a run game to lean on. So it it's puts a lot of pressure on Diggy being able just to complete passes to his receivers. But going back to it, like they really don't have that unbelievable receiver that they – I feel like they always have every single year, kind of like an Oklahoma State. Um, they're leading – Guy right now is a guy named Winston Wright Jr., which is just a great name for a college football player. Uh, he's got 32 catches on the year so far and um, almost 400 yards with a couple of touchdowns. But he's really their only guy as a, at a receiver. Um, running back, they've got a main guy, Letty Brown, who is averaging over five yards a carry. But again, and he's he's their main guy. He's got double amount of the, uh, rushing attempts compared to the next guy. But, again, I, I don't think he's that unbelievable, and I don't think their O-line is good enough to really push our defensive line around. I think it's going to be kind of a sloppy game, both sides of the offense, ours included. Um, and getting into their defense versus our offense, their D-line is very, very good. Um, I don't know if oh you remember – what? Oh, boy. They're uh, – they're led by the Stills brothers. Do you remember those guys from last year? Darius and Dante. These dudes are mean. They're both D linemen. I think one really – they do a three down front, and one's the, you know, strong side end, and the other's the nose tackle. And they are very, very, very good. Um, Darius has got three and a half sacks on the years. Dante's got two. Um, they're solid, solid players. And our offensive line's got their hands filled like nobody's business uh, this game. So that's going to be – really the the key um i think for us on offensively is if we can get a little bit of push on their d-line um tony fields is their uh linebacker i think leading tackler as well he transferred from i think arizona i believe 
Um, yeah, he, he, he w- was with Arizona for the last three years and transferred because of Pac-12 weird whatever rules, but he's uh, they're actually back this week. We'll get into that. So keep him um, on his feet, and we actually have a pretty decent chance of putting up some yards this weekend. I I don't know, man. Their their defense is well coached, and they don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, looking at it, like they're one of the in the top half of the country. You know, nothing crazy, but in terms of uh, plays given up of over twenty yards, they're well coached. Neil Brown's a solid solid defensive coach. I, I think it's going to be ugly just all around offensively um, for both teams. Um, if I had to, you know prediction on the game i think we do win we've obviously got a lot of momentum 11 a.m game travel as you mentioned i think definitely plays a factor i don't know when they're getting here being at home second to last home game all that good stuff i'll say texas 24 17 in an ugly ugly defensive battle a couple turnovers on both sides of you know both for both teams kind of keeps it even so i think obviously momentum is key coming off of that win is huge for us um, I think this is a huge, again, obviously last week going and getting a top 10 win on the road for the first time in a long time. Uh, this game has serious implications in the fact that you can go five and two into an off week. Like yeah. the simple act of going two and zero oh into an off week is, is huge. Um, on a three game stretch too, or, you know, three game win. Oh, excuse me. We'd be going three, no into the off week. You're right. So, yeah. um, that would be huge in terms of like, you know, you divide the season up into like, what do they call it in, uh, in hockey periods? Three periods. periods. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you go undefeated in the second period of, uh, maybe not undefeated because OU was in the second period. But anyway, go into this third period undefeated with a decent chance to make a run at the Big 12 championship. Um, <laughs> this is a game where you are clearly favored. Um, you have a lot of momentum and West Virginia has to travel. I hate saying this because it never works out in our favor, but there is really no reason you lose this game. Like there's a lot of factors kind of really helping us out here. I think, like you said, it's going to be a sloppy game, um, kind of similar to the Baylor game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key is I think we need to force two turnovers. If we do, we win. So that's my uh, random little stat is that we have to have greater than one and a half turnovers to win the game. We didn't really talk about it, but no Keontae as well. I know we've kind of been ragging on him, but Whatever. still. Rojo's, so, Rojo and Bijan look good, but that's just, you know, something to keep, be aware of. This is – I can guarantee you one thing. It will not go to overtime because we do every other game overtime games. So, this is our off week on overtime. Off, yeah, Kansas will go back to overtime. Great. Yeah, exactly. So, we won't be in overtime this week, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be – Yeah, I do too. Um I think if honestly, if I had to lean, I would bet West Virginia plus seven if I had to take a side. I'm going to go with 31 27 Texas. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty spot on. Honestly, I like that better than my 24 17. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Games of the week Florida, Georgia, 230, CBS, Georgia minus four, world's largest cocktail party. Party's on, even with. Yeah. This crazy year. Hell yeah. It's freaking Florida, Georgia, man. They're not going to not play that. Or are you talking about the actual party? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> the actual, I mean, the game. actual party is probably still going on, too. I don't know for sure. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, okay. You tell all the 
freshman kai fis at Georgia that it's not. And let's see what they say. Um, what the hell's a kai fi? It's the fraternity there. Anyways, Dan Mullen got in a fight last week at halftime going to the Missouri game. If you haven't watched that, please go watch the clip. It's hilarious. Then he came out of his press conference wearing a Darth Vader costume. He's kind of a weirdo, but it was a very college football-esque. Only got fined $25,000, which is what Kiffin got fined for complaining on social media about the refs. So go SEC. It just means more. I think Kyle Trask is a total fraud of a quarterback at Florida, and I think Georgia's defense is absolutely legit, even though they don't have really an offense. But give me the dogs. I think they actually cover pretty easily here. I like the under, though. I think it's at, like, 52. Do uh, Did the Aggies play Georgia later in the season? No. I have a really random – I think the Aggies need to root for Florida. They need to root for Florida? Yeah. Oh, whoa. They do play Georgia. Oh, no, they don't. They play Auburn. Sorry. Um I think I don't know. Everyone's kind of giving A and M a little, uh, little love right now for. Wait, what the hell is this? Or- I think A and M loses this weekend against South Carolina. Muschamp's good for one big game a year. He hasn't had it yet. In South Carolina at night, I think it's at six thirty. That's A and M's going to lose that. Um, okay, well, okay. Jeff. I think I got. I don't know. I think I'll go Georgia. I'll, well, whatever. I think Georgia wins a game. Clemson at Notre Dame, 6.30 on NBC. Please be aware this is at NBC. I always get confused when Notre Dame has these big games and it's somehow on NBC. And for some reason, Mike Tirico is on the call of a college game. Um, Sunshine is not playing due to the vid. Um, Clemson barely escaped Syracuse last week. Uh, Looked pretty ugly on offense. That DJ ukulele or whatever his last name is, is so big. He's like 6'5", 240. Looks like kind of Tebow-esque. Uh, I saw a great story that he unfollowed his dad on social media like sophomore year of high school because he kept on tweeting too many good things about him, which is pretty funny. They always show his dad, too. His dad's like 6'7", 350 pounds, just going nuts. Hawaiian dude. Uh, Notre it's, Dame. It's, it's definitely disappointing that sun shines out. This could have been, would have been a great game. I know. It really would have. Um, Clemson hasn't lost a regular season game since 2017. Uh, Notre Dame, and I think – I don't even remember what game that was. Notre Dame, was that that weird game they lost to Boston College or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Syracuse. Uh, I think it, it was Syracuse. Yeah, it was Ed, Ed Syracuse in the Dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Notre Dame's got a really good defense, good O-line, okay receivers, and Ian Book just sucks. He's been very, very under uh, – valued compared to the rest of that team or overvalued he's not played well i actually i'm gonna i'm gonna say notre dame wins this outright i know they're six point dogs and sunshine doesn't play defense but clemson's defense isn't what it was the past couple years and their offense really really struggles without lawrence going on the road big uh south bend it's gonna be cold ish i think i like notre dame here oh yeah without a doubt i mean they they barely got was it you said it was Boston College last week. Uh, yeah, they Boston yeah. College like was up twenty eight thirteen on them and no Syracuse. No Boston College. Or Boston College. Boston College. Yeah, yeah, Boston yeah. College. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm yeah. still thinking of that old that game. One. game. Right, right, right. Same page. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins the game uh, very easily. Pac twelve after dark, John. It's finally oh, back. Let's go. Finally, 
what do you what do you want do you want okay well there's technically there's a bunch of games and i i'm not joking i think all of them kick off after 2 30 um wait what? this, a, this one's on it uh, no sorry there's there's one arizona state usc is at 11 a.m and then okay then we got arizona utah at 2 30 yeah ucla colorado wait. at six nope no chance stanford at oregon might be a good game. Oregon, I think, lost a ton of guys. Wait, um, I'm sorry. Arizona State USC is at 11 a.m. here. It's a 9 a.m. Yeah. kickoff over there. Yeah, it's in, that's in L.A. too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, okay, now we're getting now we're getting a little frisky. Washington State at Oregon State. 9:30. That's the kind of I need. Yes. The line. The hold on, hold on. The line is minus one and a half. Oregon State, and there is a severe chance of um, storms that for that game and Corvallis. Yes. Then we've got uh, also at nine. That's on that's on FS1 at nine thirty. I love the nine, FS1 game. Nine thirty on ESPN. Wash Washington at Cal. Cal's minus one and a half. The over under is forty three. Hmm. Is that not the easiest over of all time? Well, what about all the rain? No, I think I think that's. I don't think it's getting all the way to Berkeley. I think the rain's only north in Oregon. Ah, uh, I see. 43 is crazy for a Pac-12 game. I'll take the under. You take the over. Okay. Loser sleeps outside. Mm, don't know about that. Um, now I can't find it on my site. Where the fuck is it? Washington. Yeah. Okay. Over $25 on that. Okay. I got the over. Um, well, that'll be fun watching that at your place at 3 a.m. <laughs> Actually, I'm so excited. That's like my favorite thing. I mean, that, I was watching BYU and God knows. That was, that was a good game. I had BYU minus 28. That was huge. Yeah, I mean, BYU's pretty legit. No, Zach Wilson is very legit. He's probably going to be a Heisman finalist, and he should be. If COVID doesn't stop us. That's not funny. Okay, that's enough for this week. Um, thank you for listening. See the you world guys. is ending. See you guys <laughs> next week. Later. Now